This is Ty Smith. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Happy hump day, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. We got another great one this week. If you uh, didn't tune in to Mondays, I highly suggest you go back and listen to Scott Patey. He is uh, Lloyd Minster, born and raised. He's an actor in Vancouver for the past 15 years. He's been on uh, just recently Sonic the Hedgehog or on Amazon Prime's Upload. He's got to work with guys like Jim Carrey, uh, Jack Black, Owen Wilson, a whole list of A-list stars. He's uh, found his way on to some different projects. He's been He was a super cool interview, so I really suggest you go back one and take a little peek at that. Let's get on to the sponsors of today's show. First off, Gartner Management, the new home of the Sean Newman Podcast, is a Lloyd-Minster-based company specializing in all types of rental properties to help meet your needs. Whether you're looking for a small office or 6,000 square feet of commercial space, give Wade Gartner a call, 780-808-5025. Mortgage broker Jill Fisher. Now, uh, obviously, that kind of says it all. Jill Fisher is a mortgage broker here in town. She proudly serves the Lloyd Minster, Bonneville, Cold Lake, and Vermilion areas, and she looks forward to working for all of your mortgage needs. A mortgage broker is not limited in the product they can offer. Instead, brokers seek out the best lender package to suit your specific situation, meaning she can find the best rate for you across all the banks. Give her a call, 780-872-2914, or head to her website, jfisher.ca. Maz Entertainment wants to let you know if you're planning in any intimate ceremonies for weddings, or maybe you got, uh, maybe you're like me, your parent, you got young kids, you're looking for a movies and game package for the backyard, they got a TV screen they can come in and set up, bring you a, a gaming console, or how about uh, if you're graduating class, I hear they're starting to um, do more of them, but uh, if you saw any of the videos from the Neilberg grad where they set up this big giant blow up screen on the back of a trailer and um, you know, you got to celebrate your graduating class. It was, looked really, really cool. That's Maz Entertainment. Make sure to check them out on Facebook or Instagram uh, for video or pictures. Give them a call if you're interested, 780-214-2920. Lionel and Kelly Durier, Reynolds Plumbing. They're open for business, residential and commercial plumbing and heating. Regular hours Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Temporary close to walk-ins. Please phone ahead so they can be prepared for social distancing measures. Reynolds has been serving the Lloydminster and surrounding area for over 40 years. Give them a call at 780-875-3405. Chris Weeb, Kiva Concrete, open for business, uh, business, business, specializing in commercial, agriculture, and residential, basement floors, driveways, sidewalks, patios, garage pads, shops, barns, and countertops. Essentially, if you can dream it, they can do it. Give the boys a call at 780-871-1083. I'm laughing at myself as I go through these. It might, you almost get your tongue almost gets tied, and uh, well, isn't that just the loveliest thing about uh, doing live advertisements? Sometimes you just can't get it right, no matter how many times you try. Kenny Rutherford, Rutherford Appraisal Group. In these difficult times, if you're in need of any appraisal work, from bank loans, setting a fair purchase price, whether you're buying or selling any type of real estate, shop, homes, farms, cabins, restaurants, etc., give the K man a call. 306-307-1732. Factory Sports, Taylor Holt, Nathan Mullet, give them a call. Uh, visit their Instagram page. They got bikes still. I was in there today. They're fixing my bike because it's uh, in a little rough repair. Got a couple flat tires. 
Um, I guess I'm a little hard on it. But they also got all the uh, life jackets, all the waterware, the wakeboards, you name it. They got all the water sports in there. So stop in or give them a call. The doors are open now. Um, but you can give them a call, 306-825-7678. Carly Kloss and Windsor Plywood, they're open regular hours. So call ahead so they can help with physical distancing. They have curbside pickup. Curbside, curbside, I can say that. Curbside pickup or free in town delivery while this current situation is at hand. Man, I don't know. Maybe I should just jump to the episode the way this is going. Colin Ring at CR Sales and Marketing is hoping everyone is staying healthy and safe. If you're looking for a unique and cost-effective approach for sales and marketing within the oil and gas industry, give Colin a call at 780-871-1417. Corey Dubick, Midwest Flooring, open regular hours. Call, stop in, or shop online. Lori LaBerge, Abbey Road Flowers and Gifts, temporary closed walk-ins, but are doing curbside pickup and free in-town delivery, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., 780-875-2211. Wander and Wild, they've teamed up with Let's Walk the Talk. If you go on to uh, their Facebook, Instagram, they got a website. Uh, if you buy anything off there that uh, is Let's Walk the Talk, $10 of it goes back to Let's Walk the Talk, which is a local organization and they're putting money back into the community, or just go and support Wandering Wild. Stacy does a terrific job. She's got a pretty cool thing going there. So uh, let's help her out. Crit Athletics, check them out on Instagram or Facebook. They still have a deal going on where if you spend $100, you get $25 back to a local business of your choosing. That is a gift card back to a local business of your choosing. Now, here is your factory sports tale of the tape. This guy was originally from Lloydminster, Alberta. He was drafted first overall in the 2015 WHL Bantam Draft by the Spokane Chiefs. In 2016, he played for Team Canada in the Youth Olympics. Sadly, they lost to the uh, U.S. in that. 2018, he was drafted 17th overall in the NHL Entry Draft by the New Jersey Devils. 2019, he was awarded the CHL Defenseman of the Year. Of course, I'm talking about Mr. Ty Smith. So... Buckle up without further ado. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Today I'm joined by Mr. Ty Smith of the uh, New Jersey Devils, Spokane Chiefs, Lloydminster, Bobcats. (laughs) How's Ty doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing really good. Um so you're out in Vancouver right now? What's what's going on in Vancouver? What what's got you out there or have you been there multiple years? Uh this is my second full full summer out here. Um kind of when the season ends I I like to come out here and have a pretty good setup, I guess. Uh Brendan Gallagher from from the Habs has like a has a place here in in Tawas and just a little bit south of Vancouver. Um and he uh, lets me live with him, and I spend my summers kind of hanging out with him. And his dad's our our trainer, so we go work out with his dad um, five or six times a week. And then um, my skills coach from when I uh, played Phantom here my second year, um, he's down here as well, so I get to hop on the ice with him a couple times a week. So um, definitely a a lot of fun down here, and uh, a really good setup for me. So I'm definitely uh, pretty fortunate. What's uh what's training with an NHLer like? Uh I mean 
he's a pretty competitive guy, so it's uh it's definitely interesting. I mean, it's not even just the training. Like our training group, I guess we've got a couple other guys, uh, Stature from from the Canucks, and then probably the bigger name would be Lucic. Uh, he's definitely a a different guy to to be around. He's he's pretty uh pretty tough, I guess. Maybe a little scary. Um, he's, maybe he's a, a little, guy. maybe a little scary. <laughs> yeah, when we're, when we're on the ice with him, he's uh he's. You don't want to miss a pass when you're passing to them or if you're going against them in a battle drill. So um, training with those guys, it's it's a lot of fun. They're they're always bugging me and picking on me. So it's uh it's pretty fun being being down here with them. I gotta ask, what what's a, a battle drill with Milan Lucic like? <laughs> I mean, he's he's pretty hard on me. He always he always says that I need to keep getting tougher and uh, work on my defense. So he's always he's always working me when 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 it's in the corners. It's it's tough, but. It's it's a lot of fun, and I think it kind of it helps me out. Hey man, if you can eventually uh, figure out the bull moose, because he's got to be one of the biggest guys in the NHL when he gets going, uh, you'll have no problem with anybody else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, how did you get hooked up with that group? Then are you friends with Gallagher, or how did you fall into, or just when you get drafted, you kind of your agent hooks you up? Um, yeah, I kind of started. Um, my second year, second year Bantam, um, my dad was pretty, pretty busy kind of running, running us around with having my younger brother and younger sister. Um, he, he had a lot going on and we had a lot of help from people around, around Lloyd helping us out, getting us places, but, um, he did, he did a bunch on his own. So it's, uh, it was something that I was kind of looking, looking to do is go to an academy. I mean, um, I guess being the player that I was at that time, um, and kind of looking to continue to develop and mature at a younger age. I guess we kind of heard through um, my agent, which is the same agent as Brendan. Okay. So Gally and I have the same agent. So um, I guess Brendan's dad started up this academy out here in Delta, the Delta Hockey Academy, and there was their first year having a Bantam team. So um, my agent, Jerry, was, uh, I guess, kind of, pushing me towards coming out here and he brought my dad and my brother and sister and I down here and kind of gave us a tour of it and introduced us to Ian, uh, Brendan's dad. And I mean, we, I loved it down here and, and the whole setup that they had and I heard a bunch of great things. So, um, I guess I just kind of decided to try that out and th- throughout that year, Ian and I kind of developed a pretty good relationship and, um, he wanted me to come down and train and in the summers. Um, obviously, I didn't do that when I was uh, 14, 15. But then kind of when I played my 16-year-old year in the dub, he thought that it would be a really good idea to come do that before uh, before my draft year. So I came down and I lived with uh, the, the Billa family I lived with when I played um, down here in Bantam. They kind of let me stay there again in the summer. And halfway through that summer, they moved to Merritt, which is a couple hours away. And then Brendan kind of just said, if you want to stay down and train, you can come live with me for the rest of the summer. And then I guess we kind of hit it off a little bit and uh, we got to be pretty good buddies. So he's invited me back ever since and uh, he's kind of taken care of me. So it's it's a lot of fun, but I mean, I think he's the most competitive human I've ever met. I mean, I think I'm, I like to think I'm competitive, but I mean, it's everything all the time here. So um, no matter no matter what it is, uh, whether it's guessing the next artist who's going to be on the radio or things like that, it's always a game and 
he always wants to win. So it's, uh, I think it's a good environment for me to be around. Oh, absolutely. Anytime people are pushing you, that's, that's a good thing. Did you uh, watch The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary? Yeah, I've been watching it. I'm, I've watched the first eight episodes, and I'm kind of trying to save the last two for, uh, for a day where I don't have anything going on, and I'm really bored. Well, you, you won't be disappointed. I just think when you're saying Gallagher likes to be competitive on anything, Michael Jordan, is the, the, that's what co- jumps to mind immediately. That guy, what was he? He was betting against the workers of the arena on who could get a quarter closer to the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, it's those stories and that behind the uh, behind the scenes access that's so cool when they when they bring that to light and you get to see those guys and they're you know away from the public spotlight. Yeah, for sure. What? Uh, let's go back to to Lloyd. Actually, let's go. You mentioned um, the academy out there. So at fourteen years old, you move away from home then. Yeah. Was that? Uh, a little nerve-wracking, I, I would imagine, or were you excited for it? Um, I think more so excited. Uh, I mean, kind of growing up, I guess, um, I had to do a lot more stuff around the house, I think, kind of when my parents split up around, like, 10 or 11, and then I had to kind of, I guess, be more mature at a younger age. So um, I was kind of excited to to move down here and, I guess, have less work around the house and kind of get to... <laughs> hang out a little more so I was excited for that and excited to come come down I mean it was a it was a good time for sure and great group of guys and I was pretty excited I think just to come down and it's it's all hockey when you're in the academy so that was probably the part that I was most excited for just pumped to get a billet family so you didn't have to worry about doing your laundry anymore (laughs) exactly Who was your billet family? We we uh, I always love to give billet families a shout out because I uh, I had great ones for three years and uh, by the sounds of it you going back and staying with the same billet family until they moved. Um, I mean you had many years of living away from home, so there might be several different ones. But um, what was it like moving in with your billet family? And obviously they must have been pretty good to you. Yeah, I mean. Our Bella family, or my Bella family, I guess my first year, um, when I was 14, uh, the Stewarts, they, John at the time, the dad, he worked a little bit with the Giants, um, like Vancouver Giants, and now he's, uh, I think, head scout or assistant GM or something with uh, Merritt Centennials, like the BCHL team. Um, so him and then Barb and then, I guess his grandma lived there too, Brody's grandma. And Brody Stewart, his other guy, he played in Kamloops this year. He's played there since he was 17, so and he's 19 now. So he's played in the Western League for a few years. And, uh, I mean, they were great to me. We had a ton of fun. And Brody and I shared a room. Um, we had two two beds in the same room, and we were separated by about a foot and a half. And uh, it, it was a ton of fun for us. We We – didn't argue ever which was surprising considering I'm always looking to argue with uh competitive things he was he's a laid-back guy and and super chill so I think it worked out really well that he that he was laid back so he didn't fight too much what's the last argument you had on something that you're being competitive about um Brendan and I were fighting yesterday um we were playing xbox and his game's 
his game's Madden. That's his game. He thinks he's a star. And uh, <laughs> mine's NHL. I think that, like, he's never beat me at NHL yet. He's probably, like, 0-50 or 60. And uh, I I beat him once last summer at Madden, and I still haven't let him hear the end of it because I got, I got my one win. And this year I got um, – I got Madden 20 just so we can play when when uh, I came down here. I, I never played it once until now, and um, I think like I didn't expect I expected to win one, but I didn't expect to win it for a while. And uh, yesterday I beat him like bad. I don't know what happened. I beat him like I was up 21 nothing in the third quarter, and he <laughs> he rage quit, so he just turned off the Xbox <laughs> so, and then left my room. Like so, he, we we got into an argument about that. I was pretty mad that he quit i was wanted to run up the score a little bit more because i was having a day yeah uh, that's awesome um an xbox guy then yeah mm. ps4 on this side i mean yeah i'm gonna forewarn you i haven't played anything i don't think i've bought the last nhl i bought was like nhl 17 i haven't had oh. time for i know i'm I'd, I'd still take a run at you. I'm, I'm saying, you, you give me, a, you give me a, a game or two to freshen myself back up, learn a couple of what's been going on in the games. I'd give you a run for your money. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was, I thought I was a player, and then I played in this uh, Akil Thomas, the the guy that scored the golden goal this year at World Juniors. He, uh, yeah. he's got his clothing line, his Zale Apparel, and he um, had this tournament going on, and I had to get up at seven o'clock yesterday in the morning to to play in this tournament because I committed to playing and he put it out there that like all the guys that were playing. So he had like fans and stuff, I guess, registered and uh, his, his clothing line sponsored it. And uh, I won the first round and then the second, <laughs> second round, they got spanked by some, I didn't know who it was, just a fan. And they spanked me five, nothing. So <laughs> I guess I'm not as good as I thought I was. I need to keep working. Well, it's pretty crazy. Now that you go to the bar and they're, when there's no NHL games on, there'll be EA sports games on, right? And they got those big tournaments now where you can win like millions of dollars playing video games. It's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. It's pretty, pretty cool. How about uh, when you did come back to Lloyd and you played on the Telus Cup team in Midget? What was special about that year? That was the first year uh, for me that I got to see you play. Took the wife who had just moved up from minneapolis here and i took her to a hockey game and i told her what we we're going to watch and she was kind of laughing she's like all right and then we got in the building because you guys are playing the bc representative uh and the winner of that series went to the telus cup and that place was rocking the civic i haven't seen the civic like that in a long ass time and you stuck out to me because i uh i remember i didn't know who you were and i was, I was like hey, who's this kid he's pretty good and then i found how young you were and i was like oh Holy crap, right? Like talented uh talented player but an even more talented group. Like that team, I, I you know, I've had some of them on here. The uh Zane Franklin you mentioned, Jackson Clusey, Bryce Kindop who just signed uh with um Anaheim, Chase Waters over at uh Saskatoon Blades, TJ Lloyd playing junior A while well, actually now he's playing for uh, Bowling Green. Um I mean, the list goes on. Logan Ganey, Parker Soretsky, Ryan Shetler, Austin McGrath, and that, right? Like, what was it about? Like, that is an absolute wealth of talent you guys had that year. And you came within inches of winning it all. Yeah. I mean, that, that year was a ton of fun. Um, I'm, when I went to the academy, um, 
I decided before I even went that I'd come back for, for my last year of minor hockey, I guess, and play it in Lloyd and spend it at home before going to play in Spokane. So uh, I guess coming back was, was pretty exciting. I mean, um, obviously Travis is the coach. I, I get along pretty well with Travis. So um, I was happy that he, he was coaching the team that year. And then, I mean, I think we just got, uh, I mean, in a way, very fortunate with guys coming back. I mean, um, lots of guys we thought would play junior and they ended up coming back. Like even a guy like Frankie, like, um, I mean, everybody was like, yeah, there's no way he's back. And then comes back and Kendop and Ganey and Saretsky and TJ and Shetler, like all those guys were all supposed to play. Lastly, too, they are all supposed to play um, junior. And then, I mean, they came back. Um, and even our, our third years were all, all good players, too. I think there was zero returning guys the next year after we were done. So, I mean, that normally doesn't happen in midget where, where guys can play three years. So, uh, I mean, our group was, was definitely talented and all the guys went on to, to play junior the next year. And, um, I mean, our group just had a ton of fun together. It was a, it was a great year in that regard. Um, we, we had a pretty close team and, uh, I mean, it was a great time and pretty cool. We got to go way out east for the telescope. Well, and you guys, uh, like you win top defensive player of that tournament too, don't you? Yeah. Like that's pretty high company. Um, how how fun is it now in the dub going around and getting to play the kindops and the waters and the? I mean, you you see some of them more often than not than others. The Frankies, like how how much fun is that when you guys roll into each other's buildings and get to play against one another? It's a good time. Yeah, I mean, Frankie. I, He's he's uh he's a points guy this year, so he's uh maybe turning a little soft. But whenever he plays me, he definitely he definitely uh he lets me know. He I think his buddies on his team tell me that like I'm the only guy he tries to hit all year whenever we play them. So he always has to try to let me know that he's out there. And um, I mean he was pretty frustrated. Our last game we played uh right before this whole thing started and the season got canceled. We played Kamloops at home and. Uh, I mean, obviously their line was pretty dominant. They're all like top five in scoring, and uh, Frankie had no points, and we were up, I think, three nothing. Maybe we shut them out, and Frankie, <laughs> Frankie is so mad. It just made my day. It's so funny watching him be, be so frustrated out there. Then we'll talk after, and and it's all smiles and things like that. So it's it's pretty cool playing guys like that. And obviously, uh, Kendi, I played against him a ton over the years. Him being an Everett and me being Spoke, we play. I think six or eight times every year so um obviously that's that's a lot of fun seeing him out there and um it's pretty cool all the guys that are that are captains as well um kind of it's impressive all the guys from lloyd that captain their team so um even like ceremonial puck drops against them because spokane has one of those every night so um whenever a team comes into play well i'll get to do that with those guys so um it was definitely definitely a lot of fun and um, I mean, this year my brother played played on the Pats too. He joined that team in probably November, so uh, we got I got to play against him for the first time ever. Um, put same ice sheet as him, I guess, playing competitive hockey ever because he I always played up um, up a year until Bantam, and then that year he didn't he didn't make the team. So um, 
playing against him was, was unbelievable. And I mean, just playing against all those guys from Lloyd's a ton of fun. So it's, it's been pretty fun playing, playing in the Western League against those guys. What position is your brother? He's a forward. He normally plays center, but he plays the line, I guess, too. Did you, did he uh, dump it in your corner? Did you get any shifts against him? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, we beat them 6-2. Obviously, the Pats didn't have a great year. But uh, he did he did dash me up late in the game. It was 6-1 for us, and, and I was on the ice. They were on the power play, and he plays on the power play sometimes. So he was out there, and um, our guy just stepped out of the box, and one of his buddies gave him a backdoor tap, and then he scored. He said it was like the best thing ever because he dashed me up and all our family came down to watch. So it was pretty funny. That is, that has got to be a, well, you can hear it, a special experience to have your brother step on the same ice sheet. I got three older brothers, but we were never, the only time we got to play with each other was in senior hockey. We were too far apart, right? When there was never, none of my older brothers played, uh, well, none of us played in the WHL. So there was never an opportunity to have the, you know, a 20 year old versus a young 16, 17 year old coming in kind of thing. So the only time we ever got to play together was playing senior hockey. And that's still fun to be with your, with your siblings. And I can, I, that's pretty cool of, you know, to come up against them. And I was, you know, maybe you could have laid a hip check on him or something just to let him know you're there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he was letting me hear it a little bit. Um, I had a, a bit of a slower first half in uh, in regards to points and goals. Um, and then uh, <laughs> my brother joined joined the Pats and then came on the U.S. swing. And he, uh, I think he scored like four or five goals on the trip, which was like, I thought it, I didn't even know if the Pats would score a goal in the U.S. Like it's a pretty hard division to play in. And, and he's, he was up, he was beating me in goals at Christmas time. Uh, I think he was beating me by a couple. And then we were neck and neck for a while there and, he was he was bragging about it whenever he was ahead of me in goals. So uh, thank God I he, he was up a little bit late to to beat him. Otherwise, I would have never heard the end of it. How about the eight point night? What was yeah. that like? Like um, were, you, were you just like I step on the ice, the puck goes in the net, or what? Because I mean that was the only other time I saw anything similar to that. And maybe it happens in junior hockey, and you just don't get told about it. But it was the Oilers when Sam Gagne did it and I was watching that game and it was just like every time he touched the puck it went in the net and every time that night I'd look at Twitter there was another oh Ty Smith puts another one in or another oh there's another point and it just kept going up and up and up what was that like to play in I don't know I my dad it was my dad's birthday actually um he, he was turning 50 so he uh he decided he was going to make the trip down to Spoke for the weekend. We played Seattle on his birthday, and I think it was a Friday, Saturday. We played Seattle Friday, and then uh, Tri-City Saturday, both at home. So he wanted to come down and watch. So, so he hopped in the car. And morning Friday, and the game. And uh, I guess I told him, I told him I'll try to get a couple for you tonight, like, He's always on me like that. I've never had a five-point game in the dub. I've had um, one, two, three, and four enough, but I, I never had five. I, I had seven when I was 17 once, but I never had five. So he was always on me. So I said, I'll try to get five tonight for you for his birthday. And, uh, I mean, I think I had five like halfway through the game, and I had two goals. And I never, I, I'd never had a hat trick before. So um, 
I mean, I, I was hunting for the hat trick at that point, I think. And, uh, I was pretty fortunate. My buddy gave me a complete gift on the back door and I tapped it in for the Hattie. But I mean, the game was pretty wild. I think first couple shifts, I had a couple goals um, just on the power play. And they, Roddy Ross was their, is, uh, is their goalie. And uh, I knew him kind of growing up. He played on the Border Stars uh, with, with me. but So I knew him a bit. But he actually, they were resting him, I guess. So he didn't play. They started their backup. And um, the first couple of goals I scored, my coach came down to me and said, like, keep shooting. Like, they're going in free right now. Just keep shooting. It's going to be there all night on this guy. Because I was, I guess, high glove was pretty open. And uh, I just kept going. And, I mean, before I knew it, I think I was at five or six. And then um, I got to seven and all the boys were like, are you kidding me, man? You did it again. And it was lucky. Like, I guess I was just, things were going my way a little bit. And uh, then I got kind of late in the third. Um, my D partner's like, we got to get you eight. We got to break your own record. And we got to break the Chiefs record again. And then uh, I actually, I went D to D to him in the, in the offensive zone. And he's like a big, like, he led the league in plus minus Noah King. And he, He's like a, more of a shutdown guy. He's really physical, and he passes to me every time he gets a puck. So I, I love playing with him, and he takes care of our, our own end very well. So he's he's been a great partner for me, but <laughs> he's not that offensive. He had probably 40 points, but all assists. And I gave him a D-to-D pass, and <laughs> he he took like two strides, and both wingers were on the side that I was on. So he was kind of by himself, and he like picked his head up and realized that there's a uh, – bunch of rooms so he kept going and I think like he pump faked the guy and the guy dropped one he like toe drag <laughs> through the slot and went backhand five hole like a superstar goal like highlight of the week goal kind of thing like his best goal he's probably ever scored and then he's like comes up to me he's like there it is baby that's eight and I was like holy man why don't you do that more often like so I mean that was probably my favorite moment of the game it's just his goal that was the best part about it so um, I mean, it was a crazy game and obviously pretty fortunate, uh, the way, the way it kind of went. Well, it was pretty, uh, I mean, eight points, man. That's, that's just freaking impressive. It was, it was fun, uh, to see all the highlights come through. Like, you're just like, and another one and another one and another one. <laughs> What's, uh, every guy who comes through here on the podcast plays in the dub says the best places to go on road trips is the States. They got the best, rowdiest fans. What was it like playing for the years you did in Spokane? Oh, it's, it's unreal. I mean, our fans are, I love our fans. They're, they're wild and they're pretty committed to, to the boys. So it's pretty cool. Um, obviously we have, I think, obviously I might be a bit biased, but I mean, it's most guys I talk to think the same thing that, that our buildings, the the best building in the league obviously next to I mean Portland plays at the Moda Center sometimes and Edmonton plays at Rogers like next to those buildings I think we have the best building um nicest and biggest building in the league so I'm definitely fortunate that that's where where I get to kind of call home in junior but um I mean all the places in the states are wild like Seattle you go to Seattle and I mean you're skating around kind of, so you warm up, go off, they flood the ice and come back on. And 
the lights are all off and you're skating around kind of waiting for the anthem to start and uh they're all like chanting like they've got that song on and they're like chanting like f you chiefs like the whole time like the whole ring's chanting that and then like i'm skating around in, in my own zone like looking at the glass and there's guys flipping me off and like telling me they're gonna beat me up and like and i'm like what's going on man like these guys are 30 40 and i'm playing junior hockey and these guys are flipping me off like so like seattle's rowdy and then tri-city's like packed every game because they're two hours that's their close game that's the rivalry tri-city and spoke when we play there it's wild i mean they'll there's like a time that they're non-stop yelling and then there's a time in the third the cotton eye joe comes on and then all the fans like all the guys take their shirts off and they start waving them around like it's like to cotton eye joe and they're all da- dancing and cheering and it's wild like you can't it's crazy loud and then kind of the same thing like everett's fans are it's always a full building and and they're always loud and make you kind of feel intimidated playing there and i mean it's just a it's a crazy crazy division to play in and it's obviously a lot of fun but i mean there's no nights off playing in that division so um it's been it's been a, a great time for me and i'm thankful to kind of played there let's talk about when covid19 hits and you guys find out how did you find out that you were no longer going to have a season yeah it happened pretty quick um we just played town loops uh and then we had a day off and the next day we were supposed to come in and practice because we played portland the day after that so we kind of came in for practice and normally work out at 10 and then practice at one so we kind of rolled into the rink i got there i don't know around 9 30 kind of get ready to work out um talk to the guys a little bit kind of have your cup of coffee and hang out and then i got there and my my buddies that come early um they were kind of in there they just were sitting in their street clothes in their stalls and i was like what are you guys doing and they said like um manny just came in our coach and said uh he wants to have a meeting with all the all the boys when they get here and not to change into our workout stuff and and then I guess the guys started to roll in and Manny came in and kind of just said yeah um we're gonna we're gonna go home for today um obviously COVID's kind of starting to come around here and um we're just gonna go home kind of take today just to have another off day and then we'll, we'll hopefully see you guys tomorrow morning um for morning skate before we play Portland and then obviously guys guys on our team know guys on Portland and Portland guys were texting us saying like, yeah, we're not coming. Like we already canceled our trip. So we kind of knew that something was going to happen and the season was probably going to get canceled. So we just stayed at home. Um, he called us in the next day and said like, yeah, we're, we're just going to start staying home. Um, we don't want you guys hanging out. We want you guys like staying at your billet house as much as possible. Try not to go out in public kind of thing. And, um, I mean, guys were all just sitting around at home, and then a couple of days later, um, he called us all in, and or he called me and said, "Can you tell the guys to come in?" We came in, and then he said, "Yeah, borders might be closing, so um, league's canceled for now. It's postponed." And then he said, "Probably not going to start again, but you guys can 
all you guys should all be going home tomorrow um, at the latest because the borders might be closing and things like that. So um, we were kind of out of there right away, just a couple of days, and um, we're all home and kind of juniors done, I guess. How hard was that for you guys? I mean, the year previous, you make it to the uh, conference finals. Um, don't have the result you want. You run into a good uh, Vancouver team. But this year, you know, you guys were putting the streak together at the end. You're really uh, playing some good hockey. Um, and having the, you know, the experience of what you did the season previous, who knows what happens in the playoffs. I'm sure you guys at the time were feeling extremely confident that you could do some things. How heartbreaking was it to go that way? And probably for yourself and there's others, it could be the last game uh, they ever play in the WHL. Yeah, obviously that was tough. Um, Yeah, we were 10 games in a row. Uh, We won and 15 of our last 16 we won. Um, And in that span, I think the only team that beat us was Portland, but we beat them as well. Um, We beat them, Everett, uh, Kamloops, uh, Edmonton, Medhat. Lethbridge, like all the top teams in the league, we were, we were beating finally. And it was kind of just, we were injured the first half. We, we lost our, one of our good 20 year olds. So, um, we were with, we had two 20 year olds for, I guess, all the way up until after Christmas. And then, um, I mean, we, it took us a while to put it together, but it was kind of all starting to come together for us. And we were playing our, playing our best hockey. Um, and we kind of felt like, going into games we just felt like we were going to win so I mean obviously you got to give credit to teams like Everett, Portland, Kamloops, um, Edmonton those kind of teams that they did have some good teams and you never know what would have happened but um, I mean we, I was talking to, to Bryce about it and uh, I mean they didn't want to play us first round obviously we had to play them or Portland but, uh, because our division was so tough but um, neither of those teams wanted to play our team and I mean it was uh it would have been really interesting and i i mean it's it's pretty uh heartbreaking that the season ended that way especially the way our team was playing but um i, I don't know it would have been it would have been really interesting with our with our experience and things like that to see to see what would have happened uh how about prediction time franklin said they were going to win it all when i had him <laughs> kinned up and waters on of what's your rebuttal does. what's your rebuttal to that well, I mean, his junior career ended with donuts against the Chiefs. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I what I could have predicted. Obviously, I, me playing on the Chiefs and the way we were playing, I think I definitely think that we had a shot to win it all. Um, obviously, I'd, I'd bet on myself if I if I could could bet on anyone. I'd I'd pick pick the Chiefs. So. Um, I'd predict the Chiefs to win too, but uh, I don't. I don't know. Obviously, there are there are some good teams, so it would have been really interesting to see how the playoffs kind of unfolded. I wanted to ask about um, in Spokane over your career, you had three different coaches. Uh, by all accounts, three good coaches, or maybe very good coaches, definitely with ties to the NHL. What what uh, wisdom or lessons did they impart on you that you took away from them uh yeah um 
my first my first year in the league I had uh Don Nachbar who tends to be like a more of a hard ass kind of coach. Um I actually got along with him really well. Um I mean when I was sixteen he I kinda came into the league obviously as more of an offensive defender and a two way guy, but um I I like to think I was the two way guy, but I, I don't think I truly was until probably seventeen, eighteen. Um but Don was uh was pretty hard on me in that regard. He said I remember we were playing Seattle. Um Barzell just got back from from New York. He just got caught and he was nineteen and he obviously dominated the league that year. Um he played on a line with Colsar and Grop who uh, I think they're both in the American League. Colsar I think had an NHL game or two this year. And uh he was one of the scarier guys in the league and he put started playing with our with our captain at the time, a nineteen year old who I played two years with, uh Tyson Helgeson. He's a he's a tougher, tougher, bigger defender that that was probably our best uh defensive defenseman the my first two years on the team. And uh I remember we were playing in Seattle and um I jumped up in the play. Uh and I think we missed the net and it rimmed out and then they got a two on one. They didn't score and I come back to the bench and I was playing against Barzell's line that game, line matching them I guess, the the best we could on the road. And uh my coach came down to the D D gate and I was like, Oh no, like this this isn't good. He never comes down here <laughs> He said, uh he's like, Smitty, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah. I was trying to score and then he said well, do you want to play against Barzell or not? And I said, uh, yeah. And then he's like, well, you can't be doing that. You got to play defense. You're not jumping up in the play. Wait till we get on the power play to try create offense. And then he said, you have two choices. You can play second, third pair, and we'll put you in all the good situations, and you can put up 50 points. Or you can play first pair with Helgi and play against everybody's best lines um, all year. and learn how to defend and I was like I'll, I need to learn how to defend so I'll play with Helgi and then he said from then on I guess he was hard on me about defense and we watched a ton of video um him and I and the assistant coach about kind of teaching me how to defend so I mean I I definitely took that from Don um I think the way I defend now um I owe a lot of that to Don he was uh he was good with me in that regard but Another thing about Don is he he was a bit a, a bit of a different coach, but he was funny. I mean, um, I'd get one time I got on the bus, we were on the road, we were going to do our Eastern swing, and uh, <laughs> he pulls me aside, and I'm like, oh no, like, what did I do? And then he said, um, Smitty, pick a hand, and he's got two hands, like his fists are clenched, and he's I'm like, well, what's in his hand? Like, what's going on? So I pick one, and he opens it, and it's like a it's a small like walnut and then he he's like see this that's your nuts right there it's a tiny walnut <laughs> and then he opens up his other hand it's a big walnut like massive and then he's like that's how your nuts need to look so start playing with some fucking emotion and i was like oh god like <laughs> don's giving it to me and <laughs> so he lets me hear it about that that i need to be tougher and all that kind of stuff and i'm 165 pounds like 510 playing against older guys and good players and then we're in prince george another time with don and i mean the guy's still 
this year still bring up this story. Like it's probably got brought up three or four times. It's their, I think it's the boys' favorite. Um, we're when I was 16, I, I was pretty fortunate. We didn't have much for offensive defensemen, and I played on the first power play with like Kyler Yamamoto. Uh, he was on one half wall. Anderson Dolan was on the other half wall. And then we had a 19-year-old, Hudson Elinock, who played in the A this year. And then Kyler's older brother, Keanu. Those two were kind of down low. Uh, he was 20. And then uh, – so we we were pretty good. I think we were, like, top five or so in the league. For a team that was almost last in the league, we were pretty good. And uh, I always would pass to those two guys because they were pretty auto from the half wall. So Don said, like – we're like a quarter of the way through the year and he's like smitty like you might have to start shooting the odd one like you know guys are starting to take away that so he's like prince george is gonna do it and then in the pre-scout he showed us that and then i got the puck like first time on the power play and like wide open to shoot like from the top so i shot i shot it goalie catches it we normally stay on the whole like almost the whole power play pulls us off right away the the gut like the guys, the older two guys, Elinok and Yami's older brother, they're, um, they're like, Smitty, what are you doing, man? Like, why are you shooting? And then, uh, and then Don comes in and he's like, yeah, Smitty, like, you gotta be, you gotta pass it. And I was like, you just told me to shoot. And he's like, no, you gotta scratch that, pass it. Then we're in between periods, first period ends. Don comes in the room and he's like, Smitty. Are you kidding me? And then I was like, oh no. And I was like, what? And then he's like, uh, fucking peewee shot. I can knock that thing down at the end of my dink. <laughs> <laughs> and all the boys, like, they're like trying not to laugh, like, we're in strokes by Prince George right now. And the boys are trying not to laugh. Like, he calls me out and he's, he's dead serious. And then he walks out of the room, slams the door, and he's so pissed. So I was like, terrified to shoot the puck the rest of the year so I think that might be why I'm a passer on the power play for the most part <laughs> uh, you put up hey I tell you what you don't put up 50 points you had three years in a row of putting up well what was your high side 79 uh my 17 year old year my draft year I had 73 but I played 73 almost all, I played yeah I played 69 games so I played almost all of them yeah so I don't think you have any any problem uh, shooting the puck from what I saw. But that is pretty good. <laughs> For Oiler fans out here, what was playing with uh, Yamamoto like? Uh, yeah, Yami is – I mean, I play with lots of great players. Um, Yami might be my favorite player um, I've ever played with. Obviously, I spent a couple of years with him, so it's different than just those kind of one, one-time things, like those World Junior things or, I don't know, things like that. But uh, – He's, uh, he was talented, like so talented. He's, his attitude, he's, he's hilarious. Um, he's always like, uh, I'm like, should we do this? And he's like, uh, uh, we'll just wing it. Like, it's whatever. Like, he's so laid back. And, um, I mean, I think we read off each other really well and, uh, we both kind of enjoyed each other's creativity. So, um, I think my draft year, I mean, I think I scored 14 and I had a few overtime winners and the overtime winners were all tapping back door from Miami. So uh, I kind of would just skate around the zone. We'd all be skating around and I'd quietly go to the back door and it would just go off my stick. And then like, he's, he's such a good playmaker and he still scored 40 or whatever he scored. 
Um, but he's, yeah, he's definitely a treat to play with. And I'm not surprised at all um, at the success he's having and, and the comments Dry Saddle's made about him and how much he likes playing with him. Yeah, he, uh, he I, I think he surprised a lot of Oiler fans because when he first came up and then got sent back down, he's just not a big guy. So you kind of stare at him and you're like, I don't know. I don't know if he can hack it. And then this year I was like, holy crap. Like he's going and he's, he's there. And you put him on a line with either Dreisaitl or McDavid. Geez, that's pretty good company. Yeah, for sure. I'm, he's, yeah. I remember when he was 18, he was probably weighing like, I don't know, 18, 19. He was probably weighing like, 160 if that like 150 most of the time like he was crazy light and obviously short too (laughs) how about um how about getting drafted the draft was in dallas that year you fly down you probably have a decent idea of you know you're gonna go you just don't know what point you're gonna go but like after the first 10 picks have been taken, are you getting nervous? Are you, you know, are you looking down the list going, yeah, like I think New Jersey's going to take me. Do you got any idea? Um, I mean, my agent says that I was the most like relaxed guy he's ever went to the draft with because I mean, I'm good buddies with a lot of guys that got picked and I was like pumped for my buddies when they'd get picked. Like they're, they're like really good buddies of mine. Lots of the guys that got picked ahead of me. And, um, it was, it was pretty cool and interesting to see the way it all unfolded. Like I'm, I'm a stats guy. I like, I like looking at all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I was interested in the whole process, but, um, so on the outside I was laughing and having a good time, but obviously, um, Edmonton, um, talked to me a bunch and, um, took me for dinner a couple of times and Edmonton was, uh, was one team that I thought that there was a pretty good chance I'd, go to I, I knew they liked Boosh a lot too um so I wasn't too sure but um kind of around there after Boosh went um Islanders had two picks in a row and Dauber and, and Wallstrom were still on the board and uh like you know those guys like Dauber's 6'4 200 pounds and skates like like a dream so I mean you can't pass on that and then Wallstrom was like one of the most skilled players and the fact that he wasn't gone before 10 was wild. So you knew those two were going and then 13, um, uh, they're taking a forward no matter what. So, I mean, it was pretty cool. Delhi went there. Um, 14, Faraby. I mean, I had no idea what was going on. I, I didn't think I was going to go to Philly, uh, just cause of all the D that they had. Um, Florida, I was like 15, came up, and I was like, um, there's a chance. And my brother was like, this is I think going here. Um, so much about Florida. I talked to him a couple times, and then they took Dennis Sanko, who's obviously a crazy talented player. And then 16, um, I had a pretty interesting meeting with Colorado at the Combine. They uh, they had one scout in there, their Western scout, and uh, he, one of the guys kind of sewered him and said, that I was his favorite player in the draft. So his face went red and he was all embarrassed. And um, just in regards to out West, I guess. And uh, they're like, yeah, this guy's a crush on you and all that kind of stuff. So I, when 16 came up, um, I was like, you never know. Like, I didn't think they wanted to 
a D-man. And my coach at the time, Dan Lambert, was buddies with uh, was buddies with he's buddies with Sakic. Um, they played together in Swift, I guess, and uh, they just know each other. So Dan said that to me before that they really wanted a forward. So I I wasn't sure what was happening, and then they were taking so long they weren't walking up to the stage so I was like what's going on and then I looked down there to their table um it was on the same side of the it was like right down below us where we were sitting and um I looked at the, the scout that their western scout and uh he, he was staring at me and I was like what's going on like, I, I don't and then they called the timeout and I was like what's this timeout for like their first pick of the draft they should kind of have an idea so I called the timeout so I had no idea what was going on and then ended up taking a, a forward from the Czech Republic. So then I was like, at that point, I was like, who knows if I'm even going to get drafted. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Because like, there's people saying, obviously, from like the range of like 10 to 25 or whatever. But then I was like, uh, I don't, I have no idea what's going to happen. And then 17, I was kind of thinking, like, I'm not even going to get drafted at this point. And then uh, – New Jersey called my name when I wasn't even really paying attention. So um, it was it was pretty cool. Um, I got to be there with my family, um, sitting with my dad, my brother, my sister, and um, my agent. So it was, uh, it was obviously a special moment and um, definitely something I won't forget. It was, it was a pretty cool, cool experience. And the draft itself was a bit of a bit of a roller coaster. But uh, I'm obviously really happy with, uh, with the team I'm with at the moment. That's probably the best recount I've heard of a draft from any player taken on this podcast. Like you just rattle it all off. This is where they're going. This is what they were thinking. I could see why the guy's going like, you feeling okay? Like you're pretty calm here. It's like, well, they can't take me anyways. They got this, 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 like that's, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, I was a, I'm a stats guy. So I like, I learned a little bit about every team before I did the combine because uh, the combine obviously is 31 teams. Uh, I had 29 meetings, I think. So I had to kind of start figuring out some stuff about some teams that I didn't know much about. So I did some research a little bit before. So I guess I kind of learned it from that. How was the combine? What what I watched? I actually watched a video today of your guys's group going through the combine, and I was like, "Frig, this looks." intense like is it intense or is it just kind of like ah it's not that big of a deal it's intense um i mean the actual fitness part um obviously that's like it's nerve-wracking like you have one chance to jump as far as you can or you have one chance to ride the bike as long as you can one chance to do as many pull-ups as you can you know it's all like it's all you only have one chance and all the teams are there and they're checking out your results and you want to like as a competitive athlete, you want to do the best you can do um, whenever you're doing things like that, competing against your peers. So that part was intense. And then, I mean, for me personally, that part was more nerve-wracking. But for the majority of guys, the more nerve-wracking part's the, the interview part. Um, lots of guys uh, are nervous with that kind of thing. And then they have agents kind of telling them what they're supposed to be saying and things are scripted. and then they get more nervous because they're thinking about that stuff as opposed to thinking about just having a conversation. So, I mean, that was one thing I thought was pretty cool um, for myself that 
my agent didn't even say anything. They just told me to go be myself and like enjoy the whole experience. And I think for me, that made it really easy on me. And I, the actual interview parts, other than having to get from like one to the next one, and like, I mean, telling teams that you got to go because like you're supposed to, like, so if you have your first one at 810 and your next one's at 835 and you're talking to that team and that team still got you at like 833, you have to be like, I never had to say it, but you're supposed to say, um, I got to go, like, you're keeping me too long. But then I just like have to sprint to my next one because they keep me one minute before my next one. And it's all in suites around like the, rink in, in Buffalo and I mean that part was stressful having to get from one to the next because you don't want to be late but I mean other than that I, I enjoyed having the conversations with with um, all the GMs and, and scouts and things like that um, it was kind of interesting to see what they had to say and I mean <laughs> I have some buddies that like um, had some tough times at the combine so I mean I'm pretty fortunate for the way things went and um, but it was it was fun for me. Was there a memorable conversation? Was there one that just sticks out when you look back at meeting whichever team? Um, yeah, there's a couple. I mean, uh, obviously Colorado's a little bit. Um, I remember another one was Detroit. Um, they told me to tell my dad um, to go. He said, once you get out of here, like, go and thank your dad. Um, because he did a great job raising you. So I thought that one was pretty cool. And my dad thought that was cool. And coming from Detroit, considering I had buddies saying, like, oh, man, Detroit's so bad. Like, they grilled me. They really yelled at me. Like, they're so scary, and they're, like, so good to me. So I was, thought that one was cool. Um, the Devils actually had one, too. They had – I think they're the only team they had um, – they had a lady running the interview. Um, she's, like, their mental performance – girl and she was asking me a bunch of questions and I mean her and I had a good conversation and then like everyone else was sitting there and um Ray Shiro was the GM at the time um he he was he was in there for the interview and um I walked in and Ray wasn't in there yet and then she said yeah Ray hasn't been in on the interviews today but um he he really wants to come into your into yours and I was curious so I asked why and then she said, um, so the under-18 Worlds happened just before the Combine. And he said, or she told me that she's asking everybody from that team. Um, and then she said she does it every year, um, asked everybody from that team if they could bring one player from that team to the NHL with them, um, who would they bring? And she said that my name came up the most she's ever seen. So Ray's like, I got to meet this guy. So Ray came in. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then I didn't really even think about New Jersey taking me and then they end up taking me. And um, her and I are good friends to this day and she always checks in and calls me and things like that. But um, I think that was, that was pretty memorable. And I mean, the, the whole combine was, was pretty memorable, but um, I had a weird one with, uh, with Washington because they, they're in the cup finals and uh, I didn't talk to Vegas, but Washington, I did. And, uh, they I walked in and there was just two guys in there because like their whole staff was gone because they're playing for the cup and the two guys were kind of just like uh regional scouts and they they had like a car that could have been facing either way 
and uh they're like which way is this car going and i was like uh i think it's going left and they're like hmm, interesting and i was like yeah which way is it going and they're like oh we're not telling you and i was like okay and then they just like awkwardly sat there and then they laughed at me and then they're like okay so like how's the combine like you having fun like oh yeah like how are things like you doing anything fun this summer and then i was just like talking to them and then they're like okay have a good day and i was in there for like five minutes and it was it was weird because like i didn't expect that at all like all the combine stories you kind of hear so um it, it was pretty memorable and uh good and I, I remember another one I, I remember all mine but there's uh i think it was uh columbus maybe they told me that he, the one scout in there from the west said that he's like he's like yeah you had 73 points this year and i said yeah and then he said that's weird and i was like why is that weird and then he said um you know i i didn't think that uh i didn't think you're dynamic enough to put up 73 and i said okay <laughs> i just know what to say and i was like well i guess i got lucky then and he's like he's like ah i don't know i just i just i didn't see it before but i mean i have to give you credit it was a good year and it was i don't know it was pretty i didn't know what to say like he was calling me out for not being dynamic enough so i didn't know how to respond so i mean it was a pretty fun time for me it was interesting just to hear what all the guys had to say how about the different um stages or whatever they call them where you know you got pull-ups you got bench press you got the jumping did you have one that you just like i am looking forward to this like i can jump extremely high or something um like my thing was probably the the vo2 um i i like to i guess I, i like to run so I like distance running and I did like track in high school um, in Lloyd. I, did, I came back for that and I, I do track like the 1500 meter and was, was my favorite one. So I was kind of looking forward to it. But at the same time, like no one looks forward to the VO2. So I, I wasn't really excited for anything. And uh, I was probably like, I, I don't know, like most of them, I was like, I'm going to get crushed at all these like jumping. I can't jump that far high. I like, the grip strength, I'm like, I'm going to embarrass myself with the grip strength. I, I'm the weakest guy here. Height and weight, I was, like, too light, too short kind of thing. And then, uh, I mean, bench press, I'm brutal at bench press. Actually, I like the I, I like the 5, 10, 5. Like, you, you start on the line, you're in 5, 10, and then back 5. And uh, I think I actually finished pretty high uh, for those, but both right and left. So I think those are, like, probably my best ones, which, I mean – I like that one because it was an easy test, but um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not the biggest uh, the star in the gym. If if you ask TJ, he'll let you know about that all the time. Loiter's uh, Loiter's <laughs> a bit of a gym rat, and he he would always try big dog me in the gym. So <laughs> <laughs> let's go to August twentieth, twenty eighteen. I believe it's the day you sign your three year deal. How big of a day was that? Um, I mean, it was it was pretty cool. I, I was actually out here living at Galley's place, and um, I think Galley was he wasn't around. Um, I was by myself, like I just I was hanging out at home, and then like 
there we'd been talking for like a couple of weeks uh between uh, my agent talking in New Jersey and then talking to me and my dad and what we wanted to do and things like that um and I was just at home and like he emailed me the contract and um I had to go to Brendan's parents house to print it off because Brendan doesn't have a printer and uh I went there printed it off and came home and just sat down at the table like in this house by myself and signed the contract and uh after I signed it I I guess I just said okay yeah it's done and sent it back and then it was kind of from there I was just I was done I, I was by myself I guess I called my dad talked to him a little bit um oh, talked to my oh, brother I was gonna ask who was the first guy you called yeah my dad I, he was kind of talking me through the whole thing and uh the whole process of signing but um yeah I talked to my dad and then like I guess it was pretty it was pretty chill I had no one around so I guess I didn't want to like make a big deal about it with uh with the galleys here and um I don't know we can't it was, it just was, signed it was an NHL deal I, I don't really want to make a big deal out of this you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I didn't want to go walking around telling them I signed I knew they'd see it on Twitter like in, within the next week so I, I told Brandon when he when he came home but that's that's all it it was obviously a big it was a big deal for for myself and for my family it was a pretty special day I would think so. I would think so. I, I love how nonchalant you are about it. You're just like, yeah, you know, like a sign. I didn't really tell anyone because, I mean, you know, they'll find out on Twitter in a week or so. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. How how exciting is it to go to uh, New Jersey to development camp, to main camp, to, you know, some of the guys that got there now with yourself and, I mean, uh, the two first overalls they have in uh, Heischer and Hughes, like, you know, the, the future looks freaking bright for New Jersey if um, they put the pieces together properly. I mean, you got all-star talent. What's that like to step on the ice? Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I was pretty fortunate last year the draft was in Van, so, uh, like, Brandon had to go um, – hang out at the at the suite there and, and meet Caulfield, meet their first rounder. So uh I was going I was gonna go with him and just kinda hang out. I, I had a couple of buddies there so I was gonna just go hang out with them and just kinda watch I guess just to get out out of Tawas and go downtown. And uh I guess like just before we were about to leave New Jersey, um one of their scouts called me and asked if I was around because they remembered I was in van and they asked if I wanted to come down and hang out sweet and, and meet their first pick and whatever. So I said, yeah, I'm actually coming anyway. So I, I'd be, I guess, down to do that. And I kind of went to the suite and I was talking to, uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, I was talking to their uh, defense development guy, like obviously all their guys making the choices around the floor, but, uh, he was kind of explaining to me like how their lists work and like what their list looks like compared to other people. So I think it was, it was cool to kind of see how the, how the thought process works and how they figure it all out. And then, uh, Jack came up and, um, I was out of the way. I was trying to just stay out of the way because it was like his day, his family. So I was in the corner just talking to the D guy when and Jack walked up and introduced himself. And then uh, I knew Quinn a little bit cause we kind of talked and hung out a bit the combine and, um, 
Quinn came up and I was talking to those guys. And then um, from then on, I guess Jack and I uh, got along really well. Um, we talked uh, from then on kind of thing, a little bit here and there. And then uh, we got to go through the whole, like, we got invited to the NHLPA rookie showcase thing. Uh, Clagger was there too uh, this year. And um, you kind of just go and, like, you uh, sign hockey cards and, like, um, letters from your last name, from your jersey and things like that. And uh, then you go on the ice and they do, like, a photo shoot kind of thing. And then there's, like, a three-on-three, like, pickup game at the end of it all. So I went through that with Jack, and then we went to the NHL orientation thing, like, right after. And that was uh, – so that, the first thing was in Washington, D.C., then we went to Virginia together. So we were um, traveling together the whole time. So him and I got to know each other pretty well kind of through that stuff. And then um, we were in the same group for the orientation thing, and those were, like, <laughs> full days. Like, you got up at, like, 7, and then you're there from, like, 8 till – dinner time and it's on a resort so from dinner on it's nice but um the whole afternoon is just like seminar after seminar about like player safety how they run this how they run that your rights you have to play in the league and things like that so each team sends like two guys two or three guys and uh the devil sent jack and i and uh, mackenzie black with the goalie so i guess then from then on we went to jersey together and we spent a few days there because camp rookie camp didn't start for another week so we were in jersey for a week together just skating working out so um jack and i got got pretty close and then um i mean nico's obviously a great guy as well and uh he's so down to earth for how talented he is and how big of a deal he is like he just signed his eight by eight and you you would never know it so i mean guys like that like it it kind of gets me excited to go there and um for camp and things like that because I get to hang out with those guys again and then they just traded for Kevin Ball who played on the World Juniors with me and then Futter too from from Kelowna so um, I mean they've got some good good young guys that are that are fun to be around so I mean it's a great time and as far as camp goes um, my first year was pretty cool I I got there and uh, I got to preseason and I was like oh this is cool I'll get some preseason games I guess a couple of them before they go overseas and before I go back to Spoke and um I mean the the second preseason game we were playing in uh Madison Square Garden and uh we were in pregame skate I guess and they're like yeah uh we're gonna work on power play real quick like just go over a few things and what the units are and then they're like and I was like okay hey, yeah like maybe they put me on the second unit or whatever if, if I'm lucky and um they're announcing like who needs to come to what end or whatever to work on the things and uh they're like they're like taylor hall and like <laughs> they're announcing their guys and like and then the last guy they said for the first unit was me and i was like oh my god i'm out there and like the the, the drill was like everything runs off halsey so the drill was like i walk into the middle and get, give it back to halsey and he walks down and like either rips it under the bar or like makes a sick play and uh I was like making like such a short pass and I was still like, Oh my God, don't miss, don't miss a stick. Like he will be so pissed. He's already so rattled probably that he's got a 18 year old kid playing with him for this game. And um, I got a couple points playing with those guys on the, on the power play. So it was pretty cool. And then uh, that, that game we played too, went to overtime and I was like, ah, okay, it's done. Like I probably get to play cause they had Vatten and then Severson and, uh, 
one butcher too. They're all playing that game, so I was like, that's three D man. That's all they'll need. And then like a couple like a couple shifts in, they said I'm going out there. And then they're like, yeah, you're going with Nico and Halsey, and I was like, oh god. <laughs> so they put me out with Nico, Easter, and Taylor Hall. And uh, there was like a battle in our end, and Halsey won the battle and popped the puck to, to up the wall to Nico. And then I just jumped straight from in front of our net, straight up the ice. And uh, then Nico kind of like chipped it past their guy and went to go get it. And it was like a foot race between those two, and he got it like the face off got. And he was on his back end, and I was kind of driving to the back post. We had like a mini 2 on 0, and he fed it to me back door, and I missed the net. <laughs> and then I got cut like the next day, and I was like, oh, God, maybe they would have taken me to Europe if uh, if I could have stuck that in the back of the net. I could have scored too. I, I've watched the video probably like 300 times since it happened. And, and Nico was like, then they, they didn't score on a that shift. They scored the next shift and beat us. And then Nico was like, come on, Smitty, you got to put that, <laughs> you got to put that in. That's a gift. And I was like, I know. Then I saw the video after the game, and I was so mad because I I know where I should have put it. So, um, I mean, just things like that, I guess, get me excited to to go back there and start up again. What was Madison Square Gardens like? Because I mean, in hockey it, hockey world, that's one of the rinks of well, original six team, right? Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I mean. Um, I got to play there that year in preseason and then again this year in preseason. Um, this, I, I mean, it's it's an unbelievable atmosphere. That Like when you walk in there, um, just the way it's all set up, how nice it is, and, and the roof's really cool in there. Um, it's just like it's a beautiful arena, and um, being able to play there uh, is a ton of fun. And in preseason, lots of Devils fans get down there, so it's like kind of half and half filled with uh, – New York fans and, and Devils fans, so it's pretty cool. Um, just the whole atmosphere of it. It, it was a, uh, it was really special that I got to got to play there a couple times in preseason. Uh, I mean, this year we had a tough one there. Uh, they dressed like all their guys. Like we didn't because it was on the road. So uh, Panarin, he's probably like I don't know. He's he might be my favorite player in the NHL. He's unbelievable. He like floats out there like he's just so sick and then he scored uh he scored a one-timer goal like connector down like right where the crossbar and post yeah. on the power play and he did his leg kick it, it was pretty sweet like i mean i was on the ice getting dashed up so i was i was choked but it was pretty sweet it was a power play goal so it was, i was pk i guess not a dash but um yeah i mean just the whole atmosphere is unbelievable there. it's pretty special what have you worked when you went got back sent back down to junior? I'm a. I can't imagine that's an easy thing because you always want to be with the the highest you can play. You want to be with the big club. What were what were some of the things you tried to work on away from uh, when when you got sent back down? Um, I just like physical strength was a big thing, um, and kind of last summer I had. Um, I had a tough summer and like I didn't feel very good in in New Jersey. I, I mean, I was the last cut, but I I didn't deserve to make the team. I the year before I I think I deserved to go to Europe, and I think I I played well enough to to stay. I felt like I was um better than some of those guys, I guess. Um, maybe not better, but like good enough to go there before they made final cuts, like keep me as an extra guy. 
but this year I, I definitely didn't deserve it. I didn't, I didn't feel like myself at all. I think part of that is like last year um, in the playoffs, we beat Portland in five and then second round we played, uh, we played Everett and the first game um, was in Everett. And I went, there was a guy coming to hit me and I went to stick my stick out, like to cross check and protect myself a little bit. And my wrist like felt really weird after that. And then I went in like after the period and I was like to my trainer, like I can't really like grip my stick very tight. Like it's pretty sore. And he's like, okay, well, we'll give you some Advil and like tape it. And like, I was like, okay. And then I still couldn't even like, it hurt to like grab my stick and make a pass and stay handle everything and like move it around so I was like okay this is just not I finished the game and uh we won the game then game two was the next day and I was like telling him like it's so sore like the next morning I can hardly move it and then same thing he taped and gave me Advil before the game and then played that game and it's still same thing like it was bad hurt a lot and he's like he thought it was just a TFCC sprain it's like that's a tendon in, in your wrist and then we got home and I was like man we have to get this like x-ray or like MRI or something so we did both and MRI was fine. He said, like, yeah, your TFCC doesn't look great, but he said it's not bad. And then uh, um, they, the the x-ray kind of came back, and uh, they said that I had a fractured wrist. So I played those games with it, and then it was pretty sore. And then they had to call New Jersey for permission for me to play, and they said that I could, but they wanted me to, like, if it was bad, they wanted me to not play and whatever. So I was like obviously I wanted to play and I wanted to win so I played and then like before the games um they'd freeze it and it would still like I, I like I had one goal in the playoffs that year I think I had two or three when in seven games when I was 17 I had one goal in 15 games in the playoffs um and Philip Crawls our second power play defenseman and he got a concussion so he couldn't play so our coach was playing me the full two minutes on the power play and I couldn't shoot from the top. So I was strictly a passer because passing was like the only thing that like only slightly hurt. So it was frozen and taped. And then um, I struggled with that kind of throughout the whole thing. So instead of like a six to eight week healing time, it took a lot longer. And then they started to rehab it in the summer. Um, like my physio guy here started to rehab it based on his knowledge that it was just a fracture. So, and I was like, this can't be right. Like, this hurts so bad. And it's been weeks of rehabbing. And then I went down to New Jersey a little bit before development camp to get another MRI and x ray. And then the x ray said, like, yeah, it's still there, but like, it shouldn't be hurting this bad. So then we got the MRI, and the MRI came back, and then it turned out that like I had a torn tendon in my wrist, too. Mm. So it was like, yeah, so it was, so the TFCC was torn or what, whatever it was. So they said that, um, that's going to be like that's why it's hurting because they're rehabbing it as if it's a fracture not not as if it's both so then we kind of had to like adjust that a little bit and then they said that they think if I get a cortisone shot that'll kind of get me over the hump kind of thing and they'll start letting me move it around to get the like inflammation and swelling kind of I guess get all that out of there so I got that done um in New Jersey uh, at dev camp and then had to put it back in a, a brace for like another two to three weeks, um, two weeks, I think it was. And then once I got it out, it was like, it felt like it was like just as bad as before. So I was nervous about that. And then I had to start slowly rehabbing and 
um, even when I went to Jersey for camp, I still, um, I still wasn't like, I still wasn't ready to go. And uh, I mean, I think just the whole not being able to skate very much in the summer with that and being able to handle pucks and shoot pucks and things like that. I feel like that all kind of played into, into the whole um, camp thing. So, I mean, I, I don't know, the, the wrist thing kind of affected me that way, but um well it I mean, should it's good. i mean you <laughs> you're playing yeah. with a bummed wrist yeah i assume I right now it. i assume right now you're uh you're a little fired up you got nothing but time right now you can't be on the ice as you normally would but with uh who knows what's gonna happen with the nhl but you'll be ready to go come the the next training camp and and let's get this going i'm here to stay yeah, I mean that's that's the goal. Um, yeah, I mean it could be a while till till the next training camp. It could be like November, so I could have a long summer of training. But I, I'm pretty fortunate. Vancouver actually has ice, so I'm I'm skating here, so I'm pretty pretty fortunate. With ice and um, I mean Brendan's dad's on me. We we got into an argument the other day. He wants me to be like I'm a hundred like seventy five, seventy six pounds right now, and that's what I played at last year. And he wants me to be like 190. So we got into a fight because I said, I don't want to be 190. I want to be like 183. And then he finally moved it down to 187 at the lightest. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes, but I still didn't agree. So uh, it should be a good summer in that regard to kind of, I have a lot of time to figure out where I want to be weight-wise. And, and uh, I'm pretty fortunate that I have the resources kind of to, to uh, determine what my weight's going to be. So uh, I guess it'll be a good summer in that, in that regard. When you're, when you're trying to go from 175 ish to 187, whatever it is, whatever you decide, 190, 183, uh, is there a strict routine they put you on then? Or are they just like, here's some McDonald's start eating? No, it's like, <laughs> I, I have uh New Jersey's nutritionist is really hands on with the guys. So, um, he called me and he wanted to set up like a, I guess, plan for me. So um, I'm tracking like what I eat, I guess, the next couple of days here and send that to him. And then he's going to call me again and, and kind of determine what he wants me to do. Um, and I told him like he knows I want to put muscle on, but he also knows I don't want to, I guess, get huge in, in that regard. So he said that we'll start by by being like that, and then um, workouts are obviously going to be the same, lifting all the time and skating, and then because um, it's early in the summer, we'll be lifting now, and then I should be a little heavier than what I actually want to be, and then at the end of summer, we start going to the track a couple times a week, and then we do more like running and movement type things, um, so that'll start to bring my weight back down a couple pounds probably. And then I guess I kind of just work with, with uh, the guy from New Jersey and he kind of figures it all out for me in regards to like if I'm gaining weight too quickly or if I'm not gaining weight quickly enough. And obviously it will be muscle like if I'm lifting and, and the food I'm eating is clean. It's just more of or more protein than normal or more carbs or things like that. So um, he said that if I'm, if I'm too heavy because I told him I didn't want to be too heavy, he said, We'll uh we'll pull back the reins and we'll put you on something to like just maintain your muscle and lose 
lose some body fat. So he said, well, we'll kind of work around all that. So I'm pretty fortunate that I have, uh, have those resources. Yeah. That's something most of us don't have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've been chit chatting you with, you now for a little over an hour and 20 minutes. So I think we'll move on to the crude master final five, just five quick questions here at the end. Um, as long or short, we got no timeline. Um, but first one is, if you could have a defense partner, who would you want? can be anyone. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd probably play with, like, my thought process would be, like, I'd want to play like just with a star obviously but i think like if i actually had to pick it would probably be someone like the deep partners i've had the past couple of years like a bigger guy that's like i don't know like a bigger guy that's solid defensively but i think it'd be cool to play with like drew dowdy or like eric carlson because it would be like dream partners for like one game just a fun that would be I guess. Yeah, those those two guys are pretty good. <laughs> I think it would be cool to play, play with Clagger for a game, too. That would be pretty cool. Shout out to Mr. Clag. <laughs> what's what's a hobby you've picked up during COVID? Um, I was, I'm pretty upset about it. I, I couldn't fit my guitar in the, in the car coming down here, but I, I started working on that a little bit. And I, I started to, I know the chords and like a couple of, I, I can play a couple of little things, but um, I mean, it kind of sucks. I didn't get to bring it down here, but I guess now the course is open and Brendan was on a course. So I get to golf and skate and work out and stuff. So I'm kind of away from that now, but I think probably playing guitar would be one thing or just gaming, I guess. We play a lot of crib too. Ooh, nothing wrong with a little game of crib. Yeah, we, Brendan and I play every night. It's, I'm up right now three two in the series though, so he's uh he's pretty upset about it. We'll have to he's he's looking to even it up tonight. <laughs> you guys uh, put anything on it? Is it uh, just for fun, or is there a little bit of side wager on? Uh, bragging rights, but if I beat him, um, he said I can take it. He's got this like replica wwe belt like signed by hulk Hogan. and if uh if i can beat him we play it's a best of three every night pretty much every night that we go to his parents place um for dinner uh it's about which is like every night of the week uh it's a best of three and if you win that you get one point so it's three two me right now and then uh winner kind of gets to wear the belt around and, and just let the other guy know that that you're better than him <laughs> <laughs> who's 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 the best player you've played with and against? Oof. Against, I, I'd have to say either when I was younger I played against Sveshnikov a couple times and Svesh is a good guy. Like he's he's a buddy of mine now, but he was really good back then and he still obviously is, but now I'd probably have to say Panarin. Um He's probably the best player I've ever played against. And then played with, I'd probably have to go 
either Taylor Hall, um, Lafreniere maybe, or Yami, one of those guys. Yeah, Lafreniere is pretty good. He's a star, yeah. He's he's a beauty. He's good. Best lesson you've learned to this point? I don't know. There's so many over the years. I mean, I think... I mean... As a team, from a team standpoint, I'd probably say, like, you're only as strong as your weakest link. That's something my dad's always said, which is, I find to be so true. I feel like if you have, uh, like, I mean, players that don't play as much, that don't feel like they're part of the team, I don't know all, like, how that all works, but I just know your team's not as successful based on, like, all the different teams I've played on, whether that's short-term comp or, like, I mean, a full season kind of thing and then probably like individually I guess just don't like don't ever get complacent I guess I mean there's always guys there's always somebody working harder um there's always somebody who's bigger stronger faster kind of thing so um I mean I try uh make make effort to uh, always be trying to get back whether that's kind of in, in life as a as a person or um, I mean, as a player, obviously there's lots of things you can do as a player. Um, you can, you can watch film, um, when you're away from the rank or like you take your stick and like a stick handling ball. And, um, I've been pretty fortunate to get a program so I can do that stuff, um, at home, whether it's in the garage or in the basement or whatever. Um, there's always things you can do in that regard. And then, um, as a person, I mean, it could just be, um, I mean, Going out, if you see kids outside playing street hockey, go out and play with them. I mean, Andrew Kep's a really good buddy of mine, and uh, he he was my neighbor in Lloyd. And uh, when I moved in, I think we were like I was like five maybe, and Kepi brought over like a toy car, and um, he was like, come out. Like if you saw my brother and I playing street hockey, he'd always come out and play with us. And um, I mean that that taught me a lot. It it meant a lot a lot to me at that age. So. Um, I mean, I try to do that, or even if it's a day off and spoke, and, um, I mean, I'm not that tired. I'll talk to my, my media guy or whatever, our appearances guy, and just ask him if I can kind of go out and if there's anywhere I can go, if there's a school I can go to and do something, or if there's, I don't know, a hospital I can go visit or something like that, try to do things like that. I, I guess I've learned that from, from being around pros. Um, I mean, Galley does that well, and, I heard McDavid's a guy like that too from Miami. So, I mean, being around guys like that, I kind of, I kind of learned um, how they do things and and what it means to to other people in the world when you do them. That's super cool. That's like yeah. really super cool. Final one for you, and I'll steal it from one of your interviews. If you could bring one guy with you to the NHL, who are you bringing? <laughs> um, I, I've got to say I played with uh Eli Zumak his name is he's he had 86 points this year like he's, he's a good player he's a 19 year old and uh he's I mean he just loves the game and he's a great teammate great guy and um he's, he's my best friend and uh I mean he lives in Kelowna so 
we try to see each other a bit in the summers, but uh, we live together in Spoke, and I, I think he'd just be a, a guy that, um, I mean, I think he just needs a shot, and he'll, he'll do really well. He's been at camp, so um, he'd, he'd probably be my pick. I, I just like him as a as a guy, and, and I think he's pretty uh, pretty committed to the game, so I think it'd be a lot of fun to, to play on a team with him. Well, thanks for uh, hopping on with me and uh, and talking a bit about your career. I uh, I'm looking at the list of things I had to still chat about. Like we didn't even talk about the World Juniors, which is, you know, kind of sad. I mean, you did win a World Junior gold, and but I guess that just means uh, I'm gonna have to have you back on at some point to uh, to to rehash a couple things and talk about some other things, and hopefully by that time. Uh, you're suiting up for the big club and, and you got some more, uh, you know, some more footage to show us all. And you're, uh, you're having some fun and, and carrying on with your career, but thanks again for hopping on. Really appreciated it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I think there's a, uh, there's a lot of stories I didn't get to still. So pretty fortunate. I've, I've made a bunch of those or has found a bunch of those over the years. We'll, we'll make sure we get you back on for a round two. Perfect. Hey folks, thanks again for joining us today. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. Or better yet, come visit us at our website, seannewmanpodcast.com, and leave us some feedback. New episodes every Monday and Wednesday. We'll see you there.